How you doing? I was on the John Boy IG. No, you were on the ploof. Chris, I was on the John Boy IG. I just clicked out. I'm on the John Boy one right now. Now you are. Now you are. Yes. This is Congratulations. a don't be calling me a boomer in the chat or saying how high I am. I was on, I'm on the IG of John Boy. Yes. Yes, he is. So I want to welcome everybody to the Thursday edition of Baseball Today. A few things before we get to our list of five questions. First and foremost, I'm wearing an A's hat because Chris Bassett is back on the mound five weeks after he took a line drive to the head. Simply amazing he's back out there. Might be a little too late to help the Oakland A's, but I'm just I'm proud of him that he's back out there this soon. And, and that cannot be an easy step for him. Yeah, no, that's amazing for Chris. Team leader, they need him back out there. And just to show, like, you know, that mental fortitude and, and the ability to come back that quickly, it, I mean, just shows you what kind of person he is. Yes. And it sh you showed me what type of person you are, were yesterday when you um, retweeted my awful first pitch from Cleveland. And uh, I thought maybe there would be a little teammate support in you know, on the other hand, you just backed up the bus, rolled over me, put it in a drive, and then put it in reverse and backed up back over me again. Well, look, dude, you said I had a really bad first pitch. I said, I'm going to look it up. So I went and looked it up. And what I put out there was just a little snippet of what you guys put out there back in IT. So I feel that bad. You made fun of yourself quite a bit, okay? That's that is true. And That is true. Let's just be real here. That was a horrendous first pitch. Horrendous. Well, the problem was it got too much in my head. I spent all day thinking about it. Right? Yeah. So I talked to all those guys in the Tribe Clubhouse and in the Rangers Clubhouse, and Pruszynski was not helping me. I mean, what a jerk. Holy smokes. I was like, do you have any advice? And he goes, yes, quit. I was like, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, you know, I watched it. I think when you were warming up in the net, I know exactly where you were right there with Holland. Mm -hmm. I think Holland could have offered you a little bit of advice right there, but he I think he wanted to see you fail. So yeah. kind of a, it's not really nice, Derek. No, but all the guys were up on the top step in both dugouts because they couldn't wait to just crush me. And sure enough, they did. They did. All right. Let's get on to it. Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Rays. For the first time in history, they have made the playoffs for the third straight year. But – the big story was that Kevin Kiermeyer, a couple of days removed from taking Alejandro Kirk's little data sheet, and we had heard that uh, Charlie Montoya and Kevin Cash had talked about it before Tuesday's game, and it was water under the bridge. Well, apparently it was not because Ryan Baricki drilled Kiermeyer in a 7-1 to game in the eighth inning. Afterward, Kiermeyer called it weak. What do you call it? I think it's weak for a few reasons. Now, if they would have approached it completely different, if they hadn't have come out and said it was water under the bridge, if they would have hit him right away, I would be like, you know, maybe I understand it. You know I don't like pitchers throwing at hitters, but there are times that it's warranted. Maybe this was one of the times, and I bet you KK would have been fine with it. But when Charlie Montoya, who everybody in the Rays organization loves and trusts because he's been there for so long, when a guy like that, comes out and says it's water under the bridge. I think he said it was agua under the bridge. I believe him. I think everybody in the Rays clubhouse believed him. So to go and do it after you say that, I think is a very weak move. To wait until the last at bat when now it doesn't really matter for your team whether a runner's on base, I think is a weak move. So 
So I don't, I honestly don't think Charlie Montoya ordered that. So it leaves basically kind of two people that could have done it, the pitching coach or a respected veteran on the staff, because the, the dude that hit him, he's not going to just go do that on his own. Uh -huh. So I think Montoya probably has to have a talk with some people about, I don't know if you call it some subordination, uh, but insubordination subordination. Thank you, Chris. I, I think it's weak because of the way they handled it. I really do. Well, you know what? It's been very split on, uh, on social media. You know, there's a lot of people who didn't like what Kiermaier did. They thought he was a jerk for doing it. And, uh, and then he didn't run and hide from it exactly. But I, I think they probably felt like, why did you do this? Uh, I, I'm with you. I don't like hitting guys with baseballs. I just don't – I don't think that's a good way to do things. And people always talk about policing the game and all this sort of stuff. Listen, if it had been handled, it had have been handled, right? It was done. It was over with. Instead, this is what we're talking about. I suppose if the Blue Jays make it as a wild card and end up winning the wild card and having to play the Rays, then it just adds an extra layer to it. And Kiermaier came out and said it yesterday. He's like, I want to see these guys. And people said, well, why is that? He goes, really? Yeah. Like, you all know. You all know. So it'll make it more interesting for us if that is indeed the divisional round matchup. But, man, I mean, at some point, somebody is going to get hurt with some of this silly shit. And this was totally avoidable. I, I totally agree. I mean, I, like I said, I just think if they were actually mad and they sounded like they were mad, just don't come out the next day and say, oh, we're all good now. And then, yes, you want somebody do it. You can't, you can't play both sides. You want to be a tough guy, be a tough guy. Don't act like everything's okay and then be a tough guy. Mm, okay. That's why I'm a puss, and I stay in that lane. Don't act like a tough guy. Never. Let's move on to the next question. The Cardinals, they just, they're amazing. They've won 11 in a row for the first time since 2001. But don't sleep on those Boston Red Sox. They've won seven in a row. They have a two-game lead over New York for the first wild card. Between Boston and St. Louis, which of those two teams is a more viable World Series contender? If I'm being honest, I think the real answer is probably neither. But if you're asking me to pick between the two, I think you've got to go Red Sox. And I know that the Cardinals are hot and they're kind of the talk of the town now, but the Red Sox just kind of been a better team all year long. They're a better offensive team. They're a better team uh, they have better pitching on their team. The Cardinals have better defense, which I think really does matter in, in, in a playoff situation. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to say Red Sox just because I think overall their roster is better. And I think for the Cardinals to go and, and go on a run and, and win this whole thing, which I look, I love the team. I'm, I'm rooting for these guys, but they're going to have to have like postseason heroics. And I don't think necessarily Boston will have to have, that type of postseason uh, to win if, if I, I don't know. I, I don't think either team is going to win the World Series, but I'll give the edge to Boston in like that head-to-head -head thing. Perhaps I have recency bias here, but I, I do think it's the Cardinals. They're getting Flaherty back tomorrow. If he can get through his last few starts healthy, and if they beat either the Dodgers or the Giants in that wild card and then move on to face either the Dodgers or Giants in the divisional round, I think that they can contend with them. Miles Michaelis pitched great yesterday, gave them seven innings for the first time in exactly two years. Uh, they've really figured out their bullpen. Ever since Giovanni Gallegos gave up that walk-off grand slam to Vogelbach, 
eight straight appearances where he's been dominant. He's given up one run the entire time, and he's really solidified that last role. And it feels like Alex Reyes has kind of found his new role as a setup man for Gallegos. Uh, with all that being said, you probably say, well, hold on. They're going to have to beat either the Dodgers or Giants, who's going to be a 100-win team in the wild card, either the Dodgers or Giants in the divisional round, who's going to be a 100-win team. That never happens. Close. It's happened three times where a team has beaten a 100-win team, you know, at least two 100-win teams in a single playoffs. It happened with the 03 Marlins. It happened with the 2018 Red Sox. It happened with the 2019 Nationals. So it can happen. It's going to be a tough road. But I think St. Louis might be able to do it. Maybe. I'm rooting for them. And people have pointed out the postseason heroics. That's the Cardinals' middle name. I totally get that. But think about them having to go through – Dodgers, Giants, and Brewers. Possibly Brewers, yeah. That's a lot. There's no question. I'm with you. I think all three of those teams are better than the best team in the American League. Yeah, I mean, it's the Rays are the Rays, man. Like, it's so, I feel like it's so hard for a lot of baseball minds to kind of rate the Rays correctly because, Mm -hmm. like, look at them, it's just a different team, but they know how to win. Now they got a chip on their shoulder. I think the Jays kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. By the shoulder at, at any point in the season, they've just been winning, and now they're like, fuck this. Like, it's time. Yeah. By the way, Skeeler Beeler uh, probably putting a question mark on, hey, Rose, the 2018 Red Sox had the best record. They did. What I said is they beat multiple 100-win teams. They beat the Yankees. They beat the Astros. I think that's it. So there you go. I'm, let, me answer, let me answer here. Woe Briggs uh, tells me that they've been destroying the Brewers right now. I understand that. Any team can beat any team. Absolutely. You get into the postseason and they set up their pitching the way they want to set it up, that's the difference. Yeah, it can be a difference. No question. All right, two amazing throws uh, from right field last night. Adolis Garcia um, threw one 95 miles an hour to nail uh, Higashioka at the plate. And then you had Bryce Harper preventing the game time run from scoring in the eighth inning in Philly. Which one was better in your opinion? I thought, uh, first of all, you know, I love Cuban baseball players. So Garcia to me was more impressive. Harper's was a little strange. He fielded it kind of like an infielder flat yep. foot and, and hammered it home. Good play. But Garcia like did everything the right way. Got behind the ball, got rid of it quickly through 96 miles an hour home on the fly. Take away from both of them, they were both catchers running, so that's that's it. But I think Garcia's, when I looked at both plays, like back-to-back, Garcia's is more impressive to me. Uh, I would actually say Harper's only because of the situation. Yeah. Like the Phillies are literally playing for their playoff lives. And yeah. if, uh, if he misfires on that throw, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't textbook, but you're right. It was flat-footed, and it still was a hose. So uh, it was really, really impressive. Both were great. And I loved the way Garcia, like, was so fired up afterward. We get that so rarely on the defensive side. I think it was really cool to see. They were both cool, but I would have to go with Harper just based on the situation. All right, weird situation out in Arizona last night with Adam Duvall, who hit another home run. This time it went off of Jake McCarthy's glove in center field. Austin Riley was at first base on the play. He couldn't tell if he had caught it. So Duvall actually passed Riley. So instead of getting credited with a three-run homer, Duvall is called out. It's credited with a two-run single instead. 
Would you like to see them change the rule if the ball leaves the yard and just say, hey, screw it, even if you pass the guy in the bases, it's still a home run? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, it's such an easy rule to follow. <laughs> just like don't pass the guy in front of you. This situation was weird because it wasn't a home run. The guy knocked it over. It wasn't going to be a home run. He didn't rob anything. Um, so I think it's we don't need to change the rules just because it happens every once in a while like this. Like I said, the rule is easy enough to follow where, like, you know from the time you're this big that you don't pass the runner in front of you. Um, so you just got to keep your head on the swivel there. And I think Duvall will probably tell you that he messed up there. Or who was the, who was the runner? Who was the runner? Austin Riley. Austin Riley, I think, was actually doing the right thing. Duvall's got to slow down. Like, he doesn't – there's nowhere he can go. Like, he needs to slow down. Riley is, I think, did the right thing. He saw the guy go up and catch it. If he can get to second base there and tag, it's good. The guy knocks the ball over the fence, and now, and now Duvall's out. I think Duvall needed to, like, slow down a little bit there. So, no, I don't think the rule needs to be changed. I think it needs to be changed if it's a home run. I mean, if it's a home run, it's a home run. Like, you don't, you don't affect the base running pattern if it's a home run. Let's change it. Adam Duvall, I think he's got 38 bombs now. 40 is a magical number. It still is. And I guarantee you he wants to get there. Can you imagine if he ends up hitting 39 and that one would have been number 40? But it wasn't a homer, though. But it was. It was, but it wasn't. Oh, God, you are cruel. No. You're the one that played baseball, not me. You were the one that was a position player, not me. I get it. I, 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 you're right. I want everyone to get their stakes and their homers. I really, really wow. do. The situation was just a little bit different. Like I said, Duval, man, take, take your time. Slow down. Enjoy that trot a little bit more, okay? What's the hurry? What's the you hurry, can, as my buddy Johnny Gomes used to say? Yeah, you can see the guy in front of you. Like, you know you got to – and you know when you hit it, if it's gone, if it's not gone. He knew that one had a chance. It wasn't really close. Slow down. Let the play happen in front of you. He knows that. He knows okay. that. All right. Last one. I think this dog is named Rookie, the bat dog. Uh, went a little crazy during the uh, Buffalo Bisons game. I think he works with the Trenton Thunder normally, but he went on a road trip to, uh, to Buffalo and did his thing. Do you want to see a bat dog like Rookie on a major league diamond going to get the bats. I guess. I mean, he's cool. I, I've actually been to Trenton. I played against them. I had rookie there. And he's really fun. It actually makes you take a deep breath and like kind of get out of like that, that mental state a little bit and say, Oh, this is pretty fun. It gives you a little bit of perception. Like, you know, you're in the minor leagues. We're having fun, you know, showcasing the game for fans. So I do like rookie a lot. I, I think I, I don't know if it's the same dog. Cause that was a long time ago. Yeah, that might be like Uggo, where when one passes away, they get another rookie in, something like that. Um, I'm down. I'm the dogs, man. But then you're taking away jobs from our bat boys. Oh, my gosh. Really? Are we going there? We can still keep the bat boys. We should have one dog working both dugouts. Like, if we can't just, you know, take a, take a breath for just a second and have a little fun with a pooch on a field there's nothing better than a dog learning how to grab a bat and taking it back to the dugout that's freaking awesome I'll, I'll, no dogs i don't want a dog 
grabbing my bat with his mouth. I don't want that. What we should do is if he goes and only gets foul balls down the line so the right or left fielder doesn't have to chase him, I think the dog would like that even more. He gets to run more. He likes They like balls more than bats. So let's do a foul ball dog, not a bat boy dog. Okay, so you're okay with dogs slobbering on a pearl. Yeah, they're going to bat. They – they can they can sell that in the stands, whatever. I got you're not we're not touching those foul balls anymore. Okay. Are you do you have a dog? I don't. You're not a dog family. We like dogs, but it's it's a lot, man. We're we're enjoying our like ability to leave whenever we want and do got all that. Okay. I love my dog. My I, I didn't I didn't have any daughters, so this is my daughter, Sydney. We rescued her almost eight years ago this coming World Series. She is, I'm going to go take her for a walk right now. That's, a, I'm, I'm super excited about it. She will not be a ball dog, though. She cannot, uh-uh. that's not her gig. Who at John Boy Media most represents a dog? And I think the obvious answer is out there. Who, who do you think it is? Jake. Yeah, absolutely. Easiest answer. Yeah, yeah. I think I, uh, I zoomed in on the worst picture Jake has ever taken. I, I sent that to you last night, didn't I? That's not that's that's not really him. <laughs> like that, right? They did like the age filter on him. I know it was horrible. It was horrible. I really, really, I was like, wow, that's gross. At first, I thought it was you, and then I was, oh, it's Jake. That's how we're gonna leave today's show. That's really it. All right, what do you have coming up on John Boy? Nothing. <laughs> Thursdays for you. Thursdays are here. I'm going to Costco today. And what else am I doing? I got a couple things to do. Do you mind picking me up some nutso? I love that stuff. Sure. Do you know? Yeah, it need a big jar, but it's ridiculous. It's like 16 bucks for this huge jar of nutso. But I put it in my protein shakes all the time. It's great. Uh, for me, let's see here. Latest episode of the Rose Rotation is out. Miguel Rojas makes his final regular season appearance. Uh, he shows you what it is like to hit a foul ball off of your knee. Mm. Oh, my God. I almost puked. It was so nasty. Um, the clip that's out today is how Don Manningly let him manage. I think it was two seasons ago, like the final game of the year, and we asked whether or not he's going to get a chance to do it. He talked about how it was crazy and how players always say or managers always say the game speeds up on you. I was like, this is the slowest game in the world. He actually explained why it does. It was a very, very good explanation. A lot of good stuff. Talks about being the nominee for the Roberto Clemente Award. Uh, for the Miami Marlins, what that means to him. A bunch of really, really good stuff. So go check it out. He's also the sweetest guy we've got in the major leagues. He's got life figured out. That's what I like about him. Sometimes life speeds up on you. Miggy's figured out how to slow life down. As a professional yeah. baseball player, that's pretty impressive. Absolutely. All right, we're back at it again tomorrow. So there you go. We're back at 1130 Eastern, 830 AM Pacific, and let's do it. Love you guys. Aw, you too, bro. See ya. Yeah.